My new friend Dan shared with you at the beginning of the service, those of you who were here last week remember that we were absolutely blessed to hear from the Reverend Claire Carter, who is our Director of Family Empowerment over on our Faith Mission Campus on the east side of Gainesville to kick off this worship series we're calling Wildly Faithful. And through snapshots of different parables that Jesus told, she helped us see what it might look like to be a people called to be wildly courageous. And this week, we are claiming that we are called to be wildly compassionate as well. But what is it that makes compassion wild? To help us answer this question this morning, we are turning to the life of Christ, who had compassion in spades. It was hard for me to pinpoint a passage of scripture to preach from, because it seems like every story of Jesus' ministry was in some way a story about compassion. So what makes this compassion wild? As we read together from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, I invite you to ponder what it might have been like to see this encounter of Jesus from the perspective of the disciples. So hear these words that are from the Gospel of Luke. A little later, Jesus went to a city called Nain. His disciples and a great crowd traveled with him. As he approached the city gate, A dead man was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd followed from the city with her. When he saw her, the Lord had compassion for her and said, Don't cry. He stepped forward and touched the stretcher on which the dead man was being carried. Those carrying him stood still, and Jesus said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. My friends, this is the word of God given to all of us as the children of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? May the words of my mouth And the meditations of all of our hearts be found pleasing in your sight, O Lord. For you are our potter, and we are your clay. Amen. Over the past few weeks, we Copelands have been learning to experience and process some of the pretty big three-year-old emotions that my son Christian, who you have seen around, has been experiencing lately. And we are using every trick in the book, deep breathing, stepping away from the situation, using our words, but my personal favorite is the Copeland Dance Party. Because what better way is there to gain perspective than through a little dancing, right? When all else fails, I turn on my favorite 60s, 70s, and 80s playlist. Yes, I know I wasn't quite born then, as my friends from the last service reminded me, but it's my favorite music, so I would turn those playlists on and began dancing around the living room to John Mellencamp's Jack and Diane. 
And as that iconic dun, 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 y'all know it, right? As, as that would click and come through the speakers, I would see Christian try to hide the little smirk that was appearing on his face. Uh, and by the fourth, first chorus, he was doing the whole tap my foot thing and the little body wiggle. And then when I felt like he was ready to open up a bit, I would say, get wild with it. And he would kick those dance moves up to 10 as we twirled around the living room together. As I have thought about this worship series and this call to be wildly faithful and wildly compassionate, I think that is God's invitation to us to take courage and compassion and to kick it up to 10, to lean into a wild, more embodied, more full expression of our faith. So this morning, we find ourselves dodging the dust kicking off of the back of sandals, of Jesus's sandals, as we walk alongside the disciples in our passage from Luke, trying to glean everything that we can from this man who is leading our wild dance of faith. Just yesterday, the party left from Capernaum where they had witnessed Jesus heal a slave. And now these disciples find themselves outside of the city of Nain, speed walking behind Jesus as he rushes ahead toward a funeral procession coming through the city gates. As these disciples are trying to keep pace, I wonder if they were asking to themselves, what kind of wild thing are you up to now, Jesus? And coming to a stop before the procession, they see that young man on a stretcher and a weeping woman beside him. Looking back at Jesus' face, they see an expression that looked all too familiar. Compassion. Now, as we read through stories in Scripture of Jesus doing something wild, like raising someone from the dead, we often miss keywords like compassion and jump straight to the exciting stuff. A word like compassion is easy to bypass because we assume that it is simply a describing word, an adjective to describe Jesus' countenance and what might be taking place in his heart. But what if it's here, at this moment, in this simple description that the action really occurs? What if it's here, And this internal moment of compassion that we are invited into a wild experience through which the rest of the story, this story of healing and restoration and resurrection occurs. You see, the Greek word used here for compassion is also used 11 other times in the Bible. And each of those times, it is used right before something miraculous happens. 
However, in all of those other places, it's translated as moved by compassion. Jesus was moved by compassion. He did not simply have compassion. It wasn't a word intended to describe his countenance. It was the tipping point, a wild moment where Jesus was moved into action by compassion. Jesus was wildly compassionate. But if you're like me, you might be thinking, well, that's all well and good, but that's Jesus, right? Jesus was moved by compassion to do crazy things like raise someone up from the dead. That's not me. That I am not wildly compassionate like that. That could never be me. So what could this wild compassion look like for us ordinary, everyday people that have found ourselves sitting here or joining online on a Sunday morning? After hearing of the utter devastation a few years ago from the tornadoes that tore through western Kentucky, I think at the beginning of December in 2021, if you all remember hearing that in the news, a former church member and dear friend of mine, Robin Showalter, did something wild in response. A few months earlier, her family partnered with another church family to start a trucking and logistics business called Black Forest Logistics, seeking to create new pathways to be a witness to Christ on the highways, both locally in, in North Carolina, but also across the country. Knowing the desperate need in western Kentucky, she realized that her family and this new business had an opportunity to provide hope. So they launched Operation Care for Kentucky. Even though I was six months pregnant with Ansel at the time, I remember seeing this semi-truck parked in the back parking lot of our church. And this is a picture of my other friends, uh, Todd, who is on the right. That's Robin's husband. And then Pat, their business partner, both church members, standing. And you see the semi-truck in the back. But what happened was, is this truck was parked in the way back of our church parking lot and tarps were spread out behind it as we were sorting through all of the things that this little teeny town of Sanford brought to St. Luke as we were sorting it through and organizing and packaging it to then put it on the semi. And I remember being pregnant and not being able to lift but seeing cars roll up with trunkfuls of things to offer. In just two days at time, the entire town of Sanford, North Carolina, banded together to fill not one, but two semi-trucks full of disaster relief supplies, warm clothes and diapers, hygiene products, non-perishable food, and Christmas gifts for children in western Kentucky. You name it, people brought it. And it was a beautiful time of seeing an entire town be connected and moved. 
After we sent these trucks off to Western Kentucky, I asked Robin what prompted her to organize all of this. And she said, I couldn't just sit by and do nothing, knowing that I had something to offer. After watching the news and seeing all of those families with nothing left just weeks before Christmas, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. My heart hurt. It was like the Holy Spirit was pushing me into action. It was something that I could not ignore, she said. Robin was moved by compassion. She opened her heart and allowed herself to be moved by the Holy Spirit into action for the sake of our neighbors in Kentucky. She offered her resources her time, and her love to God, trusting that God would use her compassion to bring hope to others. And in doing so, she invited an entire town to be moved by compassion as well. Glennon Doyle Melton is an author and has a blog called Mom Mastery, and it is a blog that has captured my attention over the last couple of weeks because she is a progressive Christian mom raising three children, and hands down to her, she shares lots of fun stories. But in one of her blogs, she shared this about compassion. Compassion is a viewpoint a way of life, a perspective, a habit that becomes a discipline. And more than anything else, compassion is a choice that we make that love is more important than comfort or convenience. Compassion is a choice we make that love is more important than our own comfort or convenience. Friends, I believe that this is what it means to be wildly compassionate. It means being open to the movement of the Holy Spirit wherever it may lead. It means making a choice to place love for others and for creation above our own comfort or convenience. Taking that compassion that we feel inside and kicking it up to ten and being moved into action. Being wildly compassionate looks like maybe pulling over on the side of the road to help an animal cross safely, even if that means you'll be late for work. It looks like picking up litter that you see on the side of uh, the walkway on your morning walk and picking it up, even if it means you have to hold on to that piece of trash all the way until you find a trash can. It means leveraging your own comfort to advocate for a raise for a coworker in a world where the cost of living has increased. It looks like offering your time with your own family to offer free childcare for the single mom next door or sit in a sometimes awkward but healing silence with a friend who is grieving the loss of a spouse 
or a child or a friend who has received an unthinkable diagnosis. Wild compassion can and will take on so many different expressions because compassion was never meant to be simply an adjective to describe our countenance, to describe what we're feeling. Wild compassion is a verb. It's of movement toward action, a defining moment as we fully embrace the full-bodied nature of faithfulness. So we take a step forward in action to wherever and to whomever, trusting that this wild spirit of compassion that nudged us to that very moment will see us through and provide. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, will you pray with me? Wildly passionate God, you have brought us to this place, and you have called us to step into a fuller experience of our faith, You have gifted us with compassion, and we ask that by your Spirit you would spur us into action, that we might be moved by the compassion you have for us. It's in your Son's precious name we pray. Amen.